everybody and welcome to episode 4 of the Inside EgoSoft podcast. I'm recording this on July 23rd and it's been a while since our last regular episode. At the beginning of July we recorded and published a bonus episode in German for a change. The bonus episode featured a Q&A with Bernd, the founder and managing director of EgoSoft based on a list of questions from the German language part of the EgoSoft forum. We have included automated English subtitles for this episode in the video version on our YouTube channel. So you can find that at youtube.com egosoft. It's certainly not perfect, but it's definitely better than nothing. And I'm sure you will get the basic information and statements from my chat with Bernd in that episode. What else has happened in the meantime? If you were unhappy when we released X3 Farnham's Legacy in April without a Linux version, you should fire up your Steam client because the Linux version is now available. We've also taken this opportunity to make some technical adjustments to Terran Conflict and Albion Prelude as part of the X3 Terran Warpack to improve their installation on Windows systems and compatibility with Linux environments. This is purely technical though. If you want to hear more about X3 Farnham's legacy, please do check out episode 3 of the Inside Egosoft podcast, where I talk to Ketra, who was part of the Farnham's legacy project team. Meanwhile, in X4 world, the team is working on the upcoming 4.10 update, and we've released several new beta versions in the meantime. At the time I'm recording this, 4.10 beta 4 is the current version. As always, you can find the full changelog of our beta versions in our forum, and we've got an easy short link to get you there, which is bit.ly slash x4 foundations beta. So that's bit.ly slash x4 foundations beta. And the x4 foundations beta part is one word. Go check it out and see if participating in the beta is something you might enjoy doing. Now, for today's chat topic, we're looking into the build aspect of X4 Foundations and specifically what my colleague Matthias is currently working on. This is episode 4 of the Inside EgoSoft podcast and we're going to have a chat about the station editor. Matthias, hi. Thank you for hi. joining me for this uh, fourth episode by now of the Inside EgoSoft podcast. Of course, thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, uh, working from home today, uh, partially because then I have a better microphone to record this podcast. Right, and but you've, you've been uh, one of the few who's been going back to the office for, for some test days, let's say. Yes, yes, the, the past four days I've been going to the office. I was still pretty lonely. One other person was there a couple of days, but I hope that will improve a bit over the next month. I'm, I'm sure it will, yeah. So, Matthias, uh, would you introduce yourself for our listeners? Yes, I'm uh, Matthias Hahn. Uh, on the internet, you might probably know me more as Doc Ace on the Discord, on the forum, maybe even on Twitter. Yeah, I'm a programmer at EgoSoft. I've been here for about, actually, almost exactly 14 years now. Just a wow. few weeks ago was my 14-year anniversary. Oh, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, I came here right out of university. I studied physics mm -hmm. 
maybe not the most logical step to go into game development <laughs> after that. But during my diploma thesis, I just realized that I don't want to do academia for a living. And mm -hmm. I've been wanting to go into game development as a younger person before I started studying, uh, before I started doing more serious things, a real career. Okay. But yeah, during my diploma thesis, I thought, why not give it an actual shot? Applied at several companies. One of them was Egosoft. Egosoft was the one that uh, took me in as an intern at first, and the rest is history. It's pretty cool. So you said you're a, you're a programmer. Are you covering a lot of different fields of the game, or do you have your very specific areas of expertise that, that you are uh, in charge of, so to say? Yeah, it's many, many different things. Mm -hmm. It's not only programming that I'm doing. I've uh, been going into game design a bit more lately. But as far as features that players recognize, it's flight controls and first-person controls. It's the low-level AI flight. So it's so low-level that if something looks cool, it's not me, it's someone else. But if something <laughs> is broken, if something is broken, then it's probably my fault. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Ideal situation for me. There's the regions. Um, it's a technical term for a feature. In the game, you see them as uh, asteroid fields and nebula, for example. There's mass traffic, which is mostly these uh, small ships flying around stations. The map, uh, at least the 3D part of it, I don't have much personally to do with the tabular stuff around it, but everything that's uh, 3D in the middle that you can rotate and zoom, that's me, that's mm -hmm. including the station editor. There's collision detection, uh, another thing where uh, stuff is always broken and lands up on my plate. And two more self-contained things that I've done recently are the flight school tutorial and the terraforming feature. Mm -hmm. Two big ones for, for the last, uh, for the last biggest update. Yeah. Um, but there's uh, there's one specific thing that you're working on now. And that's why I've asked you to join me for, for this episode of the podcast. And um, you're currently working on some changes to a very crucial element of X4 Foundations, which is the station editor. Yeah, yeah that's right. Even though the name is pretty self-explanatory, perhaps you could summarize for the audience who maybe haven't played X4 much or at all what the station editor is and, and like what context the player uses it in. Yes, for sure. It's an in-game tool that lets you design stations. Building stations in our game's economy is a pretty natural progression step. Mm -hmm. You begin by doing uh, smaller stuff you cannot really afford to build a station of your own, you maybe first buy some ships that do some trading for you. But at some point, this isn't giving you the profit that you want anymore. So you build a station, which has a, a longer tail of profit, but in the end gives you more profit overall. And in X4, station building is more freeform than it has been in all previous games, mm -hmm. where previously most stations were self-contained things. In Rebirth, you could extend them in a preset way. You had a couple of branches that you could extend them, but you couldn't decide to make a station that has very specific sets of modules. In X4, we basically just give you a set of station modules and let you completely freely design your own station. Okay. And uh, when you look at X4 as a whole package, what is your personal perception about how important the building aspect is in the game? Even though I am not a very advanced player myself, I still think that building in general is really important. Mm -hmm. It's such a large part of the whole economic simulation 
which is very fundamental to our game design. It's basically the thing that underpins everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's also a reason it's one of only four words in the game's tagline, right. which are trade, fight, build, think. And yeah, there's a reason that this is so prominently featured and building stations is a very big thing. And in addition to just uh, the pure pragmatism of having them produce stuff and make you a profit over time, there's also an actually really big aspect of aesthetics. We have some players that construct stunningly beautiful stations, making really inventive designs that look very, very cool. And we really want them to have good tools to help them make these stations. Yeah, that's a great possibility for me to tell people if they if they have really cool station designs, um, feel free to send them to us, um, maybe on Discord or Twitter or wherever. So uh, we'll we'll share your stuff and, and show it to to our followers, which is always a, a fun thing to do. Mm -hmm. So as far as I understand it, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here by completely changing this part of the game, but rather improve it with some clever adjustments, right? Yes, exactly. There's a lot of small fixes, some what we call quality of life improvements. Too many to really go into detail here. There's also two slightly bigger things that uh, take a bit more time to implement, but they're also hopefully giving especially the, the players who build really big and complex stations an easier time to do so. The first one is that we are now going to allow station modules to be rotated around all axes. Right now, you could only rotate them along the vertical axis. Yeah, we're going to allow you to flip them on their side or even upside down. Mm -hmm. And even for modules like docking base and piers, that should not impact the functionality. Yeah, it's only an optical thing, basically, right? Yes, and I hope that yeah, players will be able to make even cooler looking stuff with that. Mm -hmm. The other bigger thing is that what I'm working on right now, actually, is a change to the camera controls in the mode. We are still looking at how that will look finally, but it will probably be some kind of free camera movement mm -hmm. where you don't pan the map like you're used to from the big map, but you're actually having a free look and moving in directions as you want and not be tied to some zero axis that you are maybe not even seeing or understand where it is. Yeah, it should work really well for players who want to make tiny tweaks in really big stations. I was wondering, is, are these changes uh, that you've just mentioned and also the, the quality of life stuff um, and the, the smaller things, are these based more on player feedback or more on internal feedback within the team? Or is it, is it mostly a combination of both? It's usually a combination of both. The larger changes that I've made right now, these two are mostly based on player feedback. The smaller changes are more mixed in where they come from. Mm -hmm because I notice a lot of annoyances myself while I'm playing with the station editor. But because of how I think, I tend to keep thinking within the current design framework. So outside feedback is completely invaluable as it can make a case for more radical changes, like with this rotation of modules and the free camera movement. Because when I play it, I always think, how can I improve the current system? And I don't mm. necessarily automatically think, what could I replace the system with? I like to try to give listeners a 
deeper insights into our approach to things here in this podcast. So let's let's try to do that with your perspective as well. Um, let's say you see player feedback or you get player feedback through a colleague who has seen it somewhere on an element in X4 that you are um, responsible for or that you have developed significantly. Where do you take it from there? Like what happens next? Can you can you give our listeners a bit of a, an insight into the, the process? Sure. There's a bit of a spectrum of possible reactions here. Mm -hmm. If it's something that I see that is directly actionable uh, for me and that seems like an obvious improvement, then I just go and ask the relevant colleagues, tell them the suggestion and see if they can think of any reason not to just go for it. And mm -hmm. if it's simple enough, I usually just make the change then and there. But often things require some internal discussion with more people, especially if they affect some larger game design of more than one system. And then we get together the relevant people, talk through the possible solutions and assign tasks based on those. Are we aiming to test these station editor changes that you've talked about today uh, in a future version of the 4.10 beta or is it rather something for, for a little later this year? The plan is that all these already become a part of 4.10 and okay. maybe the next update or one of the next updates. This doesn't mean that we don't do more changes at a later point, but this is supposed to be the big improvement update for the station editor. Okay, got it. Any other elements of the game <laughs> you've recently been working on uh, that we can talk about? Or is it all some uh, secret stuff for, for future things that might happen? Uh, there's some secret stuff that we cannot talk about yet. And <laughs> apart from that and the station editor and also other map improvements, I'm not only working on the station editor. I'm also doing a lot of stuff on the universe map, especially. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of support stuff for me to help other people do their work. If I remember correctly, you also uh, are involved in a way, in the multiverse team season stuff that's upcoming, right? In terms of the map, is that correct? That is correct, yes. There is a new map. It's almost too much to call it a map, but uh -huh. it's some graphical representation of some multiverse information. Yes, I made that. Um, actually, completely forgot about that. <laughs> and that should then, yeah, it should be visible in the game as soon as the multiverse stuff becomes activated. Right, right. Okay, well, thanks for the insight. Um, I have a couple more questions that go more into the personal stuff. We started that in, in the last episode with Kat and um, people seem to like it. So we'll, we'll just yeah. continue it. <laughs> um, sure. Maybe you could take us through your personal gaming history. Um, when, when and where did it all start for you in terms of video games? Right, yeah, I forget the exact year. It must have been sometime in the late 1980s when I got a Commodore 64 for my birthday. That was my first computer slash gaming thing ever that I got. Mm -hmm. It came with a whole bunch of games, but the one I remember the most is Sid Meier's Pirates, mm -hmm. a really cool game. It completely captivated me uh, at that young age. And I didn't even know a single word of English at the time. <laughs> and the game was fully in English and it had quite a bit of text, but yeah. I think it actually taught me some words. Yeah, that's that's the story for so many of us, right? In our generation, like games and, mm -hmm. and uh, for me also a lot of TV series and stuff like that. That's, that's really cool. 
at what point did the space games come into the picture? Like, were you were you already a sci-fi fan before, or did games get you there? The first space game I played a lot of was X-Wing, mm -hmm. a Star Wars uh, flight simulation. Yeah. It was sometime in the early 90s. It was pretty new at the time, played it on the PC. I ended up playing every single entry in the series, uh, apart from the console games. I have also liked a lot of other space games, most notably probably Privateer 2, Wing Commander 3, 4, and 5, and Freelancer. So just the, pretty much the usual suspects there. And of course, the X games, which I have played from the very first one. When you sent your application, your job application, that wasn't just any just by chance you you had a very you you knew what egosoft was doing and you were really uh, interested actually in, in, yes. in doing that yes i was yeah and as for sci-fi in general i remember being fascinated by space from a very young age i didn't even know what sci-fi was back then sure but one of my most vivid memories was always sitting in front of the tv and a movie starts And it's a Universal Films movie. So you see the planet Earth and the stars in the background. I always get excited. <laughs> yes, it's a space movie. And then I was disappointed because almost all movies just take place on Earth. <laughs> uh, what are you currently playing? And apart from that, what, what have been your favorite games in the past couple of years? Yeah, right now I'm playing a game that is actually a mod. It's a total conversion of Skyrim called Enderall. It's uh -huh. really good. And I can actually recommend everybody who likes Skyrim to check it out. It's very well made and it's not good for a mod. It's just good. And other favorite video games I've played in the past couple of years, the, the top of the build are probably Hades and Hardspace Shipbreaker. Uh -huh. uh, honorable mentions going to the Hitman trilogy, Star Wars Squadrons and Jedi Fallen Order, which I've really liked. And if I can go outside of video games, I have also been regularly playing tabletop role-playing games. The one I've played the most in the past couple of years was probably a very good Star Wars role-playing game called Force and Destiny. But I've also really liked the couple of times I've played another game called Blades in the Dark. So if people who have heard of these games listen to this, they absolutely know what I'm talking about <laughs> because they're all very good games and very popular have to get back to you on that Skyrim mod. Can you tell me a bit about it? Because I'm a, I'm a big Elder Scrolls fan, but I haven't heard about it yet. Because, you know, as, as you know, as people on the podcast know by now, or listeners to the podcast, I'm more of the console guy. So the modding things are um, not, not as easily accessible to me, but I'm interested. Tell me more. Yeah, Adderall is, yeah, it's a total conversion. So it, it maybe shares assets with Skyrim. Uh-huh. You see the same cheese wheels and uh, cards and people models, but the entire game map is completely new. It's an entirely new story. It's fully voice acted. Wow. It has actually some changes to mechanics, which I find really cool and interesting. And it's also a pretty cool story. I like where it's going right now. Cool. I need to check that out. <laughs> You already mentioned that you're that you're pretty active on on Discord and on Twitter and everything. Do you want to uh, shout out your your handle one more time so that people can find you? Of course. Uh, on Twitter, my handle is at docace1138. That's D O C A C E one one three eight. A pretty complicated handle made of three separate parts, and I have a story for each one that I can trace back more or less directly to George Lucas. But that's a story for another time. <laughs> Matthias, thank you so much for, for joining me for this episode. 
Of course. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll hear each other again on a podcast episode or we'll see you again in, in one of the next live streams on our channels. Sure. Thanks, Matthias. Bye-bye. Thanks. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to episode four of the Inside Egosoft podcast. As always, please do share your feedback on our channels and subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast catcher app or on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash egosoft. Tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about our games, of course, and consider writing a review for X4 Foundations on Steam or GOG if you haven't already. It really helps. Thanks again, stay safe, and talk to you soon. This is Greg, signing off.